take your Bibles, if you will, and go to the book of Romans. Book of Romans. Is the pork and sauerkraut cooking at your house? For some, you say sauerkraut, and they just about double over. <laughs> For some, uh, they look forward to it, pork and sauerkraut. I guess a sign of good luck for the year or something like that, but uh, a little bit of a tradition that some hold uh, for New Year's. At any rate, uh, turn to the person next to you and say, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hmm. How many New Year's have you experienced? It's related to your age. If you need to think it through a minute, just say, it's related. Think, think your age. And uh, if, if uh, add one, I think it is. So, you know, if you, you were born and then you had a New Year's before your first birthday, you want to add one. So I've experienced over 50 New Year's. Ooh. Isn't it true that although a new year on the calendar goes by, uh, a lot of times it rarely brings change to your life? Thus, the New Year's resolution. You know, we come to this place, maybe you think about it the night before. What will I resolve for the new year? What will I think about doing within my life or what commitment will I make in my life that will have an impact on my life? For the new year. And then we watch that happen for a while. Our good intentions and the things that we plan to do may hold in place for a while, but seldom do we get to December 31st and look back and go, did the New Year's resolution? It happened for me for the entire year. So true. Just because... You know, the clock struck 12, and I don't know about in your neighborhood, but I heard gunshots at about 12.15. The reason that I know that is my border collie got very, very nervous at about 12.15 and wanted out of her crate. But when that 12 o'clock hour comes and goes and we pass from one year into a new year, change is not automatic. Oh, that it were resolutions aren't automatically accomplished either. Just because we leave a year and move into a new year, we have a new opportunity, we have a new year, calendar-wise speaking, we have a new uh, opportunity to move into a new year, but that in and of itself does not mean there's going to be change. Even coupled with the power of the human will, this is really rarely a combination for change. The human will is pretty strong. God has created it that way. But even an, an idea, a resolution, a desire coupled with the human will oftentimes fails. It's not accomplished. I want to take us to the scripture for two verses this morning in our brief time together, to help us understand a new way of looking at the new year. 
Now, maybe you are a resolution person. I'm not trying to discourage that in you this morning at all. I'm just trying to set you up for something I think that's a little bit deeper. An approach that is a little bit more sound when it comes to... Hello, buddy. Something that I think will run a little deeper in our lives and have a more lasting effect. Turn with me to chapter 12 of Romans. You're going to see some familiar verses there, and I want to pull out a couple nuggets there for you to take home with you today as you consider where your life is headed for 2012. Romans 12, and we're going to read 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Chapter 12 in Romans is a transitional chapter because Paul has been preaching and teaching for 11 chapters in the book of Romans, and then he inserts this word, therefore, or because of the fact that I've said everything that I've said in the last 11 chapters, I'm telling you what your response needs to be as a result. It's not just chapter 11, but it's the whole body of Romans that Paul has taught and instructed the people in. And then he's going to turn the corner here and he wants to show the people and give instruction as to based on what you've just heard and read, what's your part? What are you to do? What is your response? If you've read Romans, and how many of you have read Romans, the book of Romans? Wonderful. It's one of the best theological pieces of the entire New Testament. It helps you understand mankind from his most depraved place all the way into God's grace and mercy extended to man. And Paul tells the story. And he brings us to the place of appreciation for God's grace demonstrated to us in Christ. And he says, God has been rich in mercy to you. He has poured out grace upon you. He has done for you what you could not do for yourselves. He has given love. He has given mercy. He has given grace. And it's been over the top. And therefore, there's something that needs to be part of our response. He goes on. I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, or because you're looking in the rearview mirror in this passage and seeing God's great mercy behind you, with that in view, with that in your eye gate, present your bodies. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. A key word that I want you to remember as we go this morning, it's not resolution, it's presentation. It's not what can I do to get myself in a place of change? How can I make it happen? What can my will accomplish? It's more about presenting yourself 
to God than it is about resolving to do. It's more about taking everything that you are and everything that you have and all that God has placed within you and putting yourself on the altar of God and saying, God, I'm yours. I'm yours. My body's yours. My mind's yours. My spirit's yours. My emotion's yours. My relationships are yours. My workplace is yours. My income is yours. My talent is yours. My gift is yours. Everything that I am is yours. Here I am. That's more of what Paul's trying to get to us this morning than the idea of deciding on a resolution. And what can we in our own strength try to accomplish in this new year? Give up the resolution. Think about presentation. Think about presenting your bodies, your lives, the entirety of who you are. It really is, Paul says, it's worship. When we present all of who we are to God for the new year, it's worship. We are worshiping Him. When we give Him ourselves and our lives and we lay our life on the altar, He likens it to a sacrifice. Do you see the words there? As a living sacrifice. He uses the term sacrifice because people understood that word sacrifice. They were familiar with animal sacrifices. They knew what it meant to sacrifice. It was a term well understood. It was the offering of an animal to be killed in order to worship God, in order to be atoned for sin, in order to celebrate God's goodness, in order to give unto God. God's people understood the history of the Hebrew sacrifice and what that meant. And Paul takes the same word and he says, It's not about killing animals to cover your sin. You are the sacrifice. You are the sacrifice. You are the life that belongs on the altar. It's your life. You be a living, walking, breathing sacrifice. That really confronts our culture, doesn't it? It really confronts the culture that we're in that just says, it's about you, you need it, you're a great person, do something for yourself, lift yourself up, make yourself successful, you deserve it, you're a great person, nobody does anything for you, do it for yourself. I mean, we hear messages like that continually. And Paul says, the way to see God's work in you is to lay your life down. It's to put it on the altar. And when we put our life as a sacrifice on the altar, we're saying, God, it's your way. Have your way in me. And those are such great words. Songs have been written around those words. Those words are very hard to live. Those words are very hard to live because what if the pathway is not an easy one? What if the direction is not what we intended or planned on? What if the road is more difficult than what we had hoped for? Oh, well, then we get up off the altar and say, 
No more living sacrifice for me. Ooh, too hard, too painful. It's not what I expected. I was praying on uh, Monday night with the folks here this past Monday night. And we were praying for this group that's going to Passion. And uh, one of the young men that are going on the trip came and said, can we just pray over this group? And while we were praying, the Lord kept impressing a word on me. Just one word. The word was interruption. Interruption. And what I felt in my spirit for this generation is this. God's work for you will be an interruption on what you think your life was going to be. Because we all have hopes, dreams, ideas of the way life will play out. God's work in your life will be an interruption of that. And it will be better than what you had planned. It will be better than what you had in mind. You've got a road. We've all got a road. What we think life should bring us. God has something better. But we won't know it until we get on the altar and lay it down. And we get on the altar and we stay on the altar and we become a living sacrifice. God says, oh, my good, perfect will can be done. Have you fast forwarded ahead to verse 2, the very end? Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. How do you get to God's will in your life? Prayer? Sure, that's good. Paul's teaching here is sacrifice. How do you get to know what God's will is for your life? Be a a living sacrifice. And when we do that, we'll get to the will of God. He's calling for a sacrifice. He's not calling for a resolution. He's calling for a presentation of sacrifice. What will result, and we'll talk about this as we close, what will result from a living sacrifice? Verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. This is the biggest little phrase for Christians today in America. The reason I believe the church in America is void of a lot of power is because of this. Conforming to the world. We are too worried about the world. We are too formed by it. We are conformed by it. We want to be in. We want to be with it. We want to be in the mainstream. We want to have the stuff. We want to live in that pattern. We want to live in that pattern. If we live in that pattern, we will never know the will of God. For our life. We'll never know it. We'll never know it. Paul says here that if we are a living sacrifice, we won't be conformed. The word there, conform, means to shape one thing like another. Made some Christmas cookies this year. I made a lot of them. I won't tell you why, but I made a lot of them. Probably somewhere in the realm of 30-some dozen cookies. Cut out cookies. Oh, what's that mean? That's a lot of work. Yeah, but you know how you do it, ladies and some of the gentlemen. You take the dough and you 
roll it out, get it just right thickness, sprinkle it with a little flour, get it rolled out, and you take the cutters. Oh, I like the Christmas tree one. Conform. 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 What have I done? The dough becomes conformed to the image of the tree because the object was placed on the dough and now the dough becomes like the tree. Christians can become conformed. Their worlds, their lives become shaped like the pattern of the world. And Paul says, don't settle for something so minimal. Go for transformation. Don't let your life just look like the world on the outside. Let the transformation that can come from the inside out work itself in you. He goes on and he says it, but be transformed. Metamorpho is the Greek word. It's the same word that Matthew uses when he describes Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. That's the only other place in the scripture where it's used. Jesus was transfigured. He was changed. He was transformed because he had encountered the Father on the hill, on that mount. He encountered God, and when he encountered God, he was transfigured. Same word. We can be transformed. It's an inside-out work. That's so much better than a resolution. So much better than a resolution. How does it happen? It happens by what goes on in our minds. It happens by allowing our mind to be renewed. We know that happens by the Word of God. I encourage you this year, make the Word of God the first book you read. Not the only book, the first book, the primary book, the center of your reading. Because this book is unlike any other It has power. The words that are on the page, they come to life by the power of the Spirit and they create a renewed mind, a different mindset. And how we think we become, the Scripture says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. How do you get behavior to change? It begins in our mind. What we think. Are we thinking the word and if we are that's the basis for change as we close this morning is it time to make a resolution or a presentation a resolution i'm going to try to i'm going to work at i'm going to do better I'm going to use my will and I'm going to attempt to make life different for myself and others this year. I'm going to try. Oh, my friend, there's something better than that. It's this. Present your life. Lord, here I am. I'm on your altar as a living sacrifice. Have your way in my life. Do your work in me being a sacrifice means a cost it's also an intentional act and it's also something that we do often lord here's my life 
I'm a living sacrifice. And when we present our life, the Holy Spirit comes in and he begins to do a new work. Remember in the Old Testament, sacrifices happened regularly. Sometimes we have to regularly present over and over and over again. It's okay. Even daily, Lord, here I am, a living sacrifice for you. Do your work in me. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that today in your word we have something more powerful than a resolution. We have something, Lord, that you've given us that we can practically live out every day and we will see new changes in our life, Lord. Something new this year. Something different. Something powerful. Something life-changing. Something transforming. Lord, we want new. We want change. We want to move in the direction that you have for us. We want to be your person. We want to live your life. We want the life of God to be lived in us. Oh, Lord, it comes through sacrifice. And so, Lord, I pray that today we would leave this place intent to be a living sacrifice. Holy, set apart, pleasing to you. It's really our worship. It's really our worship to you. So, Lord, I pray this year, 2012, we would be living as sacrifices before you. Lord, thank you that you bring the change within us as we do. Lord, I pray that you'll bless this word to our heart. And Lord, may we daily present ourselves to you as a living sacrifice. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.